Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Gearing up for the Indianapolis 500-mile race that you will only hear right here on WIBC. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Kurt Darling joins us from the 93.1 FM WIBC newsroom. And while so much of the storyline has been taken up by the uh, crash with Catherine Legg and Stefan Wilson, Wilson being out of the race, Graham Rahal switching teams to take over for Wilson in that car for Dreyer Reimbold, we forget the fact that this is a ridiculously fast field. If you take a look at Alex Pillow and Venus VK and Santino Ferrucci, they all had a four-lap average of 234 miles an hour. The top nine puts you at um, 233. And then there's, of course, Tony Kanaan's last dance. But he's in a position to win this thing, which makes you wonder if he won it. Is that the way you go out? You go out on top? You do the full Costanza? Or do you come back one more time? And are we going to forget the fact that Elio Castroneves is right now engaged in the drive for five? Uh, Kurt, as you look at this, outside of the Graham Rahal-Stephen Wilson conversation, what is the big storyline to you? Well, obviously the speed being the fact that, you know, they're really, they're just the speed has been astronomically fast um the fastest that we've seen it literally in the last two or three decades or so of course you know are you go all the way back to 1996 when ari leyendyke laid down that 236 986 mile an hour qualifying run of course he ended up starting 20th that year but still alex pillow getting that speed at 234.217 miles an hour is certainly something to watch out for he is a huge contender to win this year in the indianapolis 500 but you know you went through that top those top uh, nine Tony all of these guys here and basically in the top 15 maybe even the top 17 drivers all have a legitimate chance to win this race it all depends on how strategy is going to play out but of course Ganassi is fast as always but Aero McLaren they are really good this year they had all four of their drivers in the fast 12 for qualifying they're all in good positions to win this race and one of those drivers as you mentioned Tony Kanaan going for that final run as he says for the Indianapolis 500 so there is a lot to unpack here for this race this year Tony you take a look at the, at the weather as we, we've spoken about about it and you realize that you're like 80 degrees 81 degrees there is not a bit of rain in sight there's no moisture in sight we're talking about dry conditions what it says to me is if we if we take a look at the records for passing in an indy 500 we'll get ready to pass that everything about this says the track is just the right amount of heat to get the right amount of grip but not too hot to necessarily start overheating engines and causing things to go slower not cause so much fatigue in the driver themselves Hot damn, there's going to be some movement. There is, and the good thing that they're, well, the good reason why they're starting, this is good why they're starting it, you know, earlier in the afternoon at 1245, the slated start time for the Indianapolis 500. But also, that puts the race getting done 
before peak track heating conditions. Now, when you're when you're out at practice or when you're watching qualifying, you know, they always talk about the track temperature really getting hot right around that four o'clock, five o'clock mark before the shadows start going out over the track to cool things down. You're looking at track temperatures north of 120 degrees there, and that causes some slick track conditions. So now it's still going to be hot track conditions, but the fact that there's going to be no humidity is really going to play into it. But also as uh, on the passing storyline, Tony, IndyCar has a new super speedway aero package this year that, you know, that they tested out at Texas and it was a phenomenal race at Texas earlier this year. There was lots of passing. However, talking to Pato Award uh, last week, he was talking about when they were running in traffic, he said that, you know, yeah, it may be a little racier, but he would like to see it a little bit more racy. So it's going to, it's, we're really going to see how the passing is going to play out. They've been running in traffic so far. They're going to do it again tomorrow, but still it, it, it'll be, it'll be pretty entertaining. I think as far as passing is concerned for this race. Talking to Kurt Darling from the WIBC newsroom, 93.1 FM WIBC. In that 20th position is Elio Castroneves. In that 22nd position is Simon Pagano. Pagano has won this race. He won this race, and then no one heard from him again. It's like he went outrageously quick, quiet, if not from, I mean, he's still racing, but from from the media world, he gets forgotten about. It's very, very strange to me. Castroneves is heading for five. If you go down this list, and I'm talking about from number one, to I think number 20, 25 or uh, 26, because Augustine, I mean, he's a rookie to IndyCar. He's not a rookie to racing. Do you really see a favorite or do you see nothing but opportunity? Because all I see is opportunity. And as opposed to maybe a couple of years past, the last few years past, finding somebody who's really dominant in this field doesn't exist. Well, the the one thing that you have to remember, Tony, is the last, I think the last decade or so, the winner of the Indianapolis 500 has not come from a position further back than eighth, I believe. Someone may have to double check me on that, but bottom line is this, the winner of the Indianapolis 500 has not come from outside the top 10 in quite a long time. That being said, though, Tony, again, this is the tightest field that we've ever, that we've seen in a long time, the fastest field that we've seen in a long time, and and Joseph Newgarden, for example, who is right there in the row ahead of Elio Castroneves, he was fastest in the open test back in April. Now, he struggled to have some speed a little bit later on in practice as other teams have started to find that speed. But that that being said, there there is a lot of talent in this field this year, a lot of potential winners. So if there's any one particular favorite, I don't think you can have any one particular favorite other than maybe Alex Pillow, Pato Award, or any, or maybe even Scott Dixon as well in the, in those front couple of rows. But as you go further back, you know, Elio Castroneves, he's there with that Meyer Shank racing squad. They've been struggling to find some speed in traffic or this so far this year, but they, ha- they always have a solid chance as well. But you know, it, any any one of these drivers has a has a legitimate chance of it, probably twentieth or up. But it's just a, again, it all comes down to strategy and executing. In this in these weather conditions, is the strategy about how long you can extend the fuel out? Does this lack of heat, if you will, lack of um, of humidity, does it allow you to get a cup uh, a another lap around does it allow you to stretch the fuel out when you think you're too low you could still get a little bit further or is it just the opposite does this weather make you take more fuel more often well it again it 
as far as the weather is concerned, yeah, the, the weather sometimes plays a fact on fuel mileage, but the fuel mileage discussion really actually comes down to the difference between Chevy and Honda. Honda is traditionally more fuel efficient. Chevy traditionally has more power. So now that comes down to the whole discussion. Okay, what do you do? Do you save or do you go? And but that but still you you have a fixed amount of pit stops no matter what. But it's a matter of when you take those pit stops, how quickly you can get out, and whether you can execute a good overcut or an undercut in this particular case. And so execution of a perfect strategy by your crew as well as the driver to manage tires as well as fuel plays into it all. But as far as weather is concerned, I don't think that'll play too much into the fuel strategy for the race. Then I will not think about the weather. Kurt Darling from the 93.1 FM WIBC Newsroom. I appreciate you taking the time.